Welcome to the Three Points of Articulation. I am your host, Jamie Wills, as per usual, and uh, this is an epic podcast special episode where we'll be covering the life and the times and the career of demolition. Uh, should tie in with uh, maybe a pre-order coming out at some point in the near future. Let's say hello to my host, Daniel. Hello. Um, yeah, no, very excited to come on and talk about demolition. I've, I've been told both verbally and in writing not to do the music. <laughs> but, you know, here we are. That's good. It sounded like you're uh, recording that in like an egg cap or something. That was. Yeah, well, you know, have to think of the environment, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny Flashback is also here. We could have recorded this last week when you were on the episode, but that would have saved time and been too easy. So we brought you back. Yeah, with five minutes notice. So. That shows kind of what level I was at when I've been asked to do these things. Don't let people behind the curtain or whatever they look behind the curtain. You've been, you've done plenty of notice about this lying piece of shit. We've had this arranged for months. <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you, Johnny? I'm very good. Um, always a pleasure to be on three points of articulation again. Did you get any flack last week of, of um, Sarah Millican? She called um, you not, out. Not that I've heard. I haven't heard any feedback about the show last week, so no news um, is good news. The only thing I've heard is apparently Mrs. Goggins from um, Postman Pat is, is not a Geordie. She is Scottish or maybe Welsh. Yeah. I was kind um, of debating that myself. I don't remember a Geordie Mrs. Goggins. No. Uh, maybe I get like, confused with the Dawn French one from the Harry Enfield. But she was Italian, I think, wasn't she? What are you on about? I, don't I, think, I, I, I think I think fair is fair. Nobody is confused about Jeff from Biker Grove. No. Nobody. Or Ben. I was more of and, Ben. And I've been like, it's kind of turned into harassment. I've, I've got letters, but I've been asking the Shadbolts to sign Jeff from Biker Grove the gimmick since we now have like uh, the Dolly companies kind of run out of wrestlers and we're doing like, you know, stuff out of copyright, etc. So, you know. Why not? Jeff can't be copyrighted. No, if it's a uh, grain chill you're in to die on, then <laughs> so be it. <laughs> American listeners are just going, what the fuck are they talking about? What was the demolition yeah. episode? What the fuck are those guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, already switched off. So uh, Demolition is um, was a tag team in the World Wrestling Federation um, from 1987 to 1991, and probably some other years after that as well. Um, the two members that we known to love back in our childhood uh, wasn't the original two that we had. Uh, Randy Colley apparently started off with uh, Belidi, but um, I only found this out during the quiz last month. Did you, Johnny, did you know about this before? Yeah, I, I knew about uh, Randy Colley being in for a, a cup of coffee before Smash took over. Um, sorry, he was Smash, took over by Barry Darcel very shortly after. But yeah, I knew that. You I, knew, I knew it was a moon dog. I would have got a multiple choice question right, but not any further detail. But however, research babies, I I know all the deets as of minutes ago. Um. I knew there was another smash, and it had it it it's oh, point twenty three had different face paint. <laughs> so, um, I think the um the two that we know and love obviously had the standard uh look. Probably hasn't aged great. We guess we'll stay on the start. If someone come up with it now, they probably wouldn't get as over now as they did did back in the day with the with or moreover with a horny audience. <laughs> The audience. Yeah, I mean, like everybody's got the nostalgia about demolition as as kids, but like you show that to someone who doesn't like wrestling, they're like, "You're a weird sex person. Don't talk to me." And that's usually before usually before people actually say, "You're a weird sex person. Don't talk to me." It, it just saves them time when they meet you, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But as I mentioned at the start, we've got the Demolition Epic Toys figure coming out. Uh, we're, we can announce that the pre-orders for that will be at the end of June. So that to look forward to. Uh, we'll get you a, an accurate date for that since it is. But uh, the Sharebots have said they wanted to get Series 2 in hand first before they um, start putting that out. And you can't say fairer than that, can you? They're smart. They're listening. Yes. Exactly. Can I drop the second bomb then we have? Go on then. It's uh, also around a similar time frame. Um, you know, uh, Terry and Barb will be available to <laughs> pre-order around. Uncle <laughs> Terry and Auntie Barb will also yeah. be coming out. Powers of Pain will also be uh, at a similar, if not the same time, you know, for their two packs. So, two two packs. Yeah. Well, if you get to combine the postage, that'll be even better. So, oh. if we race at the same time, that'll be epic. There we go. Yeah. Heard that from a, a fan's mouth who's not paid to do this. I'm not paid to do this either. You're not? Oh, let's move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Axe and Smash, a couple of tall drinks of water, a couple of big old chaps. Um, good wrestlers on the whole. Johnny, you have the classic superstars, which we'll look at, obviously, for heights and weights and so on. But the thing with these two are they always lend themselves to a good figure, which is one of the reasons why the epic one does go well. Um you got the Jack Slapper super classic superstar at the top of the show. You said they are done quite well, actually. Mm-hmm. Show them to the camera. Show them to us. Let's have a little discussion so we, about these sexy ones. We're going completely out of order of like demolition figures. Are we not going to discuss some of the other versions first? Or, or what yeah, I was just going to go through the heights and weights as you had them on the back of the package. Well, let's do the heights and weights. And according to Jack's Smash, debuted in 1983. His weight is 292 pounds at a height of six foot two. With those, do you reckon they um, just got an average over the time? Because he wasn't the same size throughout career, was he? Mm, like anyone, you go up and down and weight. He did never veered very dramatically, though. And I mean, he was Krusha Khrushchev before he came to be Jiwashi. Mm. So. Yes, and Axe is. Debut 1976, weighed 200, sorry, 302 pounds, height of 6'2 as well. I'll tell you what, they, um, they're both still knocking about now. They both don't look in in bad shape. They're not in, in, in ring shape, are they? But at the same time, you see a lot worse off people nowadays for people that have been wrestling throughout the 80s. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. I think, I think um, they both actually knew when to stop. Yeah, I them now like that they did. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I can't say for the person or character whether they lived that lifestyle, but I mean that level of travel and going around and body punishment and even just that level of work and whatever about anything that went down outside, like um, would uh age you? I'd imagine. Sure, I get tired like looking at people doing hard work. But, so, um, well, so Daniel was saying at the start that. When we were researching for this, you, a lot came flooding back to you. You knew, knew a bit more than than you thought you did to start with. More than I thought, but in the wrong order for what we're trying to shill, I mean, sell. Um, like, the My first memory of Demolition is the heel tag team in 1991 with Smash and Crush. No sign of an axe. Not a, not, not a bit of a... I found out about axe from renting pay-per-views compulsively from the video shop. And then I, I rechecked, did I remember correctly, about the whole crush joining. And after they beat the Colossal Connection at WrestleMania 6, they turned heel and crush joined really kind of quietly. They, I, I actually watched it before I came and they were like, this is crush, he's in demolition now. And then they were like framing them as guys who wanted to cheat with three. Uh, supposedly the real story was that Axe wasn't well and he needed tag team champions, um, did Mr. Vince. So... Um, that, that's my kind of abiding memory of Demolition going back um, like a heel tag team with Mr. Fuji as they started and ended. But uh, in, in the middle, they were awesome baby faces that you'd rent from the video shop, including getting a main event with the Hulkster at one of the Survivor Series. 989. Yes, I had that VHS. Yeah. So that was yeah. Those things were kind of my introduction to demolition as well. It was almost always 
uh, Survivor Series or Royal Rumble, I seem to get. So I only really seen them job out very quickly or get eliminated from a Rumble very quickly. So it was hard to see them in the true, true glory outside of proper tag team action, like say at WrestleMania or SummerSlam. But yeah, oh, actually, that 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 reminds me. One of the tapes I owned as a kid was Royal Rumble '89, and they were the first kind of tag team to go at it in the Rumble to show you every man for himself. They were one and two. And uh, geez, as a kid, that was like, oh my god! But you know, uh, having rewatched the event as an adult, they fairly well foreboded. Um, <laughs> well, that was that was my first um, sort of memory of them was having the Rumble '89 uh, Rumble. So I think that was the one with the the warrior on the front, right? And saying that, yeah, yeah. Super you know, with rude, the pose, yeah, that's it. Super um, pose down, super pose down. Not uh, not us. We're not doing that, are we? Well. Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think that was my first memory of them. I, I remember as a kid being confused as to which one was Axe and which one was Smash because I think I don't know if they got the commentary name wrong throughout it or they just kept saying Axe and Smash. And then I got the two figures, you know, car boots are loose and just guessed. And then just that stuck with me for a number of years that one was Axe and one was Smash. It was actually the other way around. Um, no, that could easily happen because Gorilla often got things like that wrong, mm. tag teams, particularly like so. It was his fault then. He ruined my childhood. Um, yeah. But as a kid, if you look at these guys, are caked in face paint. They're tall. They're powerful. They they dress like, well, they dress like a toy, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and they win a lot. Uh, and they make made to look good. And you're always going to be drawn to those sorts of characters. And I feel that they've done it really well in these two. Um, also, I don't know if you touched on it earlier, but they've, I think the rumor was that they're brought in as like a. An old time at the Legion of Doom. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh, and Mad Max ripoff. Everybody knows that it was the popular movie at the time. And you know, they were capitalizing on popularity, but they they took it and ran with it, like so, you know. Fair place to them. In some respects, you could say they were a bit even more iconic than the Legion of Doom or the World Warriors at the time as well, because of how well they were uh, marketed on WWF side and stuff. So, you know, the, they weren't just a carbon copy. They were like their own entity that was perhaps even better, depending on who you ask. It really does. It really does. Because when LOD came in was when they went on the way down. Because obviously you, you can't promote two of them as baby faces. Well, maybe you can, but like they weren't gonna. <laughs> so. um, yeah, I mean, because my, well, my earliest memory of LOD was... Um, it sounds silly, but I think there's an episode of Mr. Bean where he's in the waiting room at a doctor's. Mm-hmm. Joe, the guy's in the full body cast and he takes his ticket or something. Yeah. Might even be a dentist, but on the back of the kids' magazine, there's a picture of LOD, Legion of Doom, on the back. How have I never seen that? That's the most so, wrestling so, reference ever. I'll see if I can find it for you. There's like, it's an episode of Mr. Bean, and yeah, in the kids' magazine, on the back of it, there's a picture of Legion of Doom. I've always sort of that. Always stuck with me is always reading the rest of the magazine. I think it's probably a casual magazine, but um, now I think about it, I do remember that now. Yeah, um, but I think that was one of the things that I was drawn to because I mentioned it before. Where one of the first wrestling videos that I had on VHSs was um, one that was the Battle Royal. I think it was the same picture used for that as the the Battle Royal. So I think that's yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so I think that's where I got the the sort of love for it because Toyetic as were. With demolition, so I think that sort of error that catches your eye a lot more, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, no, it was all about the color and the, the pizzazz and that kind of thing as well. And um, supposedly, on uh, Luke was telling us on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that they can't use is it they can't use demolition or they can't use axe and smash, they can't use axe and smash, which is absolutely fine because pain and destruction is their middle names. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably true. Um, is that a reference to something? You said that before. Their music. Their, their music. Oh, so you only listen to the start of it. Here comes the axe. <laughs> um, and then when I got a bit older and I had the figures, I just started making it up and going, and crush at the end. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, normally they talk over that bit, didn't they? Yeah. No, no. They, they actually got rid of the music because the music... And as is, is a good thing to do if you're turning someone heel is take their cool music off them. We've seen it quite recently with Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn. 
and then they go back to their good music when they're um, Finn Balor. Yes, yes, another yeah. example. Um, but it's it, it, sh- it shouldn't be so strict a formulaic thing that heels have shit music. Yeah, I think well, that, that that changed, didn't it, a few years ago when you had like Undisputed Era were coming out and the crowd could interact with their music and it was a bit different. Yeah, there seems to be more of an appreciation from all kind of promotions and everything for that. That like you know people are still going like that. Don't change it. WWE still did it a few times recently, but you know there seems to be more of an appreciation that like it shouldn't necessarily matter. It should be the people that get themselves over as heels and faces. The thing is, you don't as a heel, you don't want. But well, I think a lot of heels do actually fall in this problem now, where they try to get themselves over as a baby face as well at the same time. So they want to be liked, but they also a heel. So it just creates this, you know, like a bad thing in wrestling where it's like you don't know whether to cheer them or where to boo them. Which would follow the formula of the two most popular wrestlers ever, really, except Hogan exactly. did, did the back way, but Rock and Austin. It's how they took their steps up because you're able to do kind of more stuff as a heel. And I would say it benefited Sammy as well. Like he's kind of moved into the echelon of the top of the card in people's minds. Yeah. But Sammy Zayn was never trying to be cool when he was a no, heel. It was the opposite, actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It wasn't being a stone cold ripoff like pretty much everyone else is trying to be when they're, when they're this heel that wants to be. Yes. You know. We're, we're, we're going in a bit of a wrong direction. No, no, it's it's also it's um it's it's a fair point that does circle round to, to the main point we're talking about of like nowadays music. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but nowadays the main thing is to try and sell merchandise, isn't it? That's where the money is for a lot of the companies, and you're only going to get that by having a catchphrase like Austin did, or having a catchy theme song that you could um, turn into. Uh, a t-shirt or turn into people downloading your song and so on so that just seems to be where the business has gone since back then or the main your bread was buttered in the ring whereas nowadays it seems to be done more outside the ring than anything else or just turn them heel and face every other year than that all that yeah think think about that would you ever turn would you ever turn heel no you're in the midst of it aren't you (laughs) no um to change your theme song you don't have the power of love anymore uh well, I mean, if that ever does happen, I've got a backup song to use as a as a. Is it know. the power of love by Celine Dion instead? No, oh, I'm not really revealing that. And this actually did happen at one point in my life, but it's a picture you could have. I am your lady, and you are flashback, and then and crush at the end. Well, probably not. No, that's fair. I can't even get you for that. Um. So WrestleMania 5, um, Demolition had a match with Powers of Pain, we mentioned earlier, with um, Mr. Fuji in a, in a handicap match. I think we discussed this before, Johnny, when we, when we sort of looked at previous manias and so on. I think we would have discussed it before, but this was when they were, in my opinion, at their, at their height uh, for Demolition. Mr. Fuji being probably one of the best managers at the time for any heel, obviously Yoko coming up and, and what he did with these guys as well. But have you um had a look at WrestleMania Five since and sort of see it with different eyes now that you've wrestled in a tag match? Um, I haven't watched it any time recently, but I I know the match well and the story and stuff. But yeah, you're right though. Red Hot at the time because they just got turned in that yeah. classic double turn with Powers of Pain where they both switched on the same night, which mm. you know that was an impressive thing to do, really. Yeah, back yeah. then and it worked. For both teams, I think powers of pain weren't really getting the baby face push or sorry, the reaction, yeah. And the, the right music, thing wasn't turning heel. Sorry, shit music. I can't <laughs> even remember what it was. It's like a biddly, biddly D. Stick to stereotypes too often, though. Kind of like a generic biddly shite. I looked it up because, uh. You know, when I was looking up about Terran Barb, which will be on sale at the end of June, wrestling trader from JML. Obviously, this was um, obviously the longest reign in the sort of era when you had the longest reign in title run from Demolition at the time. Obviously, it's been replaced for for literally no reason just to get their names out of the books. But um, 
obviously back then it was a big deal over a year as yeah. a champion. Yeah, it was um, WrestleMania four until just before SummerSlam of '89. So yeah, which um, yeah, I mean back then obviously Hogan had a lengthy run with the world title as well in that sort of era as well. So obviously the title changes were few and far between, but tag titles sort of hot potato in around that that sort of time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I could have could have seen them actually holding it longer, only that I presume the brain busters was part of their contract or part of their agreement with Vince that they were going to get a, a small run anyway. Like so that there was that. Um so I put like yeah now the kind of run through and then winning them back as well like we didn't see much of that mini feud on pay per view anyway but there was some on Saturday night's main event. Which we don't get on video, do we? Which is always a always used to be a bummer back in the day. We used to have like Royal Rumble and then you'd get WrestleMania, but then it all over changed in the two months between the two VHS tapes. Yeah, I mean you used to see all this, but you were born in the what nineteen ninety and then. <laughs> oh, we used to have a blockbuster that used to have them. Like, I think I had eighty nine through to ninety three, and I was I, I was about seven. Yeah, so you're watching re- retroactively. I get what. Yeah, you're... yeah, yeah. Um, not through choice, but um, yeah. So I used to just go to the shop, and every Friday night it'd be a pound for a week of blockbusters, and you used to be able to get as many as you could. And never, never got any new ones in. But I just remember the, the Rumble with Boss Man on the front. 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, there you go. Folks, there we go. Best finisher ever. There we go. Like so, by someone you. somewhere in my research. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, there's a simple a simple finisher, which I always find that's one thing about a tag team is to get your finisher nailed down early. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, like, um, they were of an era where, you know, you didn't need to do 29 smoke bombs and threaten someone's family before you get a three foot count like as well. So it meant something. Or a figure deal. <laughs> <laughs> so things. Um on here that apparently they uh on May the twelfth, demolitions reign exceed the four hundred and nine third reign of the fabulous kangaroos. Do you remember any recognition of the fabulous kangaroos? Absolutely no idea. Is it like rain? Something tells me. That one of the members was called Jonathan. I think I remember that just because it's my name. So, in what in That's what fabulous kangaroos? What what title? Where? Um, <laughs> nineteen fifty seven to nineteen eighty three. One was called yeah Johnny Heffernan. Johnny. One of them was called. There you go. There you go. Sorry to to jump forward. Tag team champion. They were. United States Tag Team WWF United States Tag Team Champions. So they they beat that reign of that. I was just going through all the different things that they built. Um, but eventually their reign was 478 days, according to Wikipedia. Mm. I went in and edited that before now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this brings us around to the sort of era and the sort of time where the Hasbros would be would be made in that sort of era. Um, as you mentioned before, the Hasbro's going to come out 1990, so um, about a year later after the, the tag run, but it would have been based on this sort of attire, this sort of look. Um, as a kid, you know, also we all would have collected Hasbro's, but these would have been the backbone of anyone's collection, anyone's fig fed, as the, the cool kids say. Um, Johnny, were these must-haves as a kid? Definitely must haves. I don't remember having them though, which is such a shame because they are two that I really wanted. Although something in the back of my mind says I traded them, both of them for your Oh no! And then I, because I was playing out, I put the Andrew the Giant figure that I just swapped for Demolition on top of the wall. By the time I came back, it, that had fell off the wall and head was off completely. So. I essentially swapped them for nothing. It was almost like a demolition decapitation. 
<laughs> Yeah, you could say that. um, I think my Andre's arm fell off when I was a kid. I think maybe it's just Might be not. might have been on. Ring the bell. Dance trade doesn't work as well now. I, I remember vividly having Axe. Can't necessarily remember having Smash, but I presume I did. My parents' rule was that they wouldn't get me like more than one Hogan, Warrior, Savage, so I was only allowed one of them. Yeah. Well, you got to set those rules early. That's fair play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had many, many rings that I just fucked up so often. So... How um how old were you when you realised that that was actually accident uh, Smash's mustache on the figure? Which I well, generally I didn't. I just thought it was part of his face paint for for years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, thirty-seven. <laughs> no, I didn't really study them like that back then. But but when I first got the figure, again, I did notice it's pretty obvious. But then again, as a child, you might not notice such a thing. Um, great all around figures. I remember when Nan as well in Portugal in mid to late nineties, she got me a demolition set. Um, somehow she found it on on the shelf. She got me that, and she got me Rick Martel. Um, brought him back from Portugal. This would have been nineteen ninety eight. I want to say. Wow, So, uh, yeah. Um, I, I opened them up and would have sold them about fifteen years ago. So, thanks, good Nan. find. Yeah, what Nana put them on eBay or? No, she didn't. No. Um, I think I, I would have done back in the day. Uh, she know what eBay is. Well, she doesn't now. She's she's dead. Um, right, demolition. Uh, as you mentioned before, feuded with the colossal collection. Uh, connection, even. Um, Next. <laughs> connection. I say collection. Then I reverted back to connection. Some of all these figures, aren't they? Uh, WrestleMania six. I think this is the one that sort of say, sticks in my mind, but it was definitely a, a feud. That I've looked at recently because I think I watched WrestleMania six quite recently anyway. Um, as a match, it wasn't wasn't their best work, but I think memorability it definitely sticks in your head. Well, it was a handicap match because and with a weird sort of two baby faces on the one heel, so it was a weird sort of um, match that one to pull off. So it wasn't the best, but as you said, people will remember it because Andre's essentially last match in WWF. Oh, he did nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so no, it's all and it great. was it was what you call their their peak, and within months, then it was the downward slope, pretty much. The moment the LOD signed, like, you know, it was a feud with LOD and then out ye go after a few more jobs and, you know, so. Well, let's not um brush past the feud with the Heart Foundation because Because we they're cannot, and I was hoping to have like a whole segment about it because it was one of my favourite things as a kid. And I talked to Bret Hart about it when I learned how to talk. And because the theme of the Inside the Ropes that I met Bret Hart was SummerSlam. And so he he talked a good a good bit about that match and how much respect he has for all three of them. He he ended up being good friends with Brian Adams uh, as well, and uh, you know he was saying how he misses him and etc. And and that seems to be a running theme. Um, but the match was so well put together, I believe by Brett, but uh, so believable and like told such a story, which was. And not taking anything away from demolition, but which was a bold from the blue in terms of like stepping out a story from them. Um, but it really, really worked and it's a match like because it's my first time I've ever seen two out of three falls, and I was like, Oh well, you know, and it, it made it they made it dramatic and made the stipulation. And it essentially has been stolen and blueprinted uh in AEW relatively recently. I forget which was the two out of three falls match, but uh It what it happened. It must have been FTR because they absolutely love Brett. So, Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that match, the SummerSlam match, is probably my favorite tag match of all time, if not even the most favorite SummerSlam match, because I am such a big fan of Brett. And you see, like you say, he's the one that put the match together. You think, and it was just so perfect. That and the reaction that I got when they won at the end, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, You can tell he's still so proud of it, like, and he was, he was like, and when I said it to him, like, you could see it genuinely. And he he was talking about his SummerSlam matches, uh, in the show. You know, when you meet him before the show and you get like one minute talking to him and all, you could tell, like, you could tell it actually meant something to him because Brett 
not slagging Brett, Brett loves Brett, but he was right, and he's completely right in this instance. And uh, he said, a guy was talking to me about that in uh, earlier. And I was like, yes, biggest pop I ever got in my life for me. I was that guy. See if he didn't call you something else, that wasn't <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. For uh, 20 seconds of the one-minute conversation, I forgot how to talk. And went, I love you. <laughs> I think um yeah, also touching more on, on Brad and Anvil back then, but I think there's that attire they had with like the blue the blue tights with the, the black singlet. Um it's got to be up there to like one of the sort of childhood memories because I think if you remember Brad's like the the wearing the pink for most of his career, but if you look back and obviously Hill Brett was, was brilliant back in the day. I guess you're on about WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal. Yeah. Well, that, that back four years, Jay. There was um there was also a like a, a tag team steel cage match yeah. that I had on VHS that was, was like honky tonk man. Strike force. Yeah. And uh someone else, who else was in there. But I remember that quite vividly as a kid. Macho, yeah, that was it. Macho Strike Force against the Heart Foundation and Honky. I think I think it was the whole uh, making of the mega powers. I'm not sure. I, I need to go back. I I actually relatively recently watched those Saturday night's main events, but they all kind of melded into one thing, or you know, as well. So I think I had like a VHS that was like the greatest still cage matches or something. Yeah. Yes. Um, because yes. that's the yeah, because in my head that was because that's why I should be terrified of Zeus because he was they had the yes. boss man Hogan where that's what I remember from that. Yeah. Like, this thing. But yeah. I remember there's one bit where Brett was leaving the cage. I think he like wobbed his hands together and went on oh, a piece of cake. And I obviously never heard that expression before. I never knew what it meant. I just thought it was quite funny. And I think that always stuck with me as a child. Um so I think that's sort of always an earlier memory of of watching tag matches was was the Heart Foundation. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's turn this into a Heart Foundation episode. <laughs> well, maybe we can convince Epic to sign Brett. That'd be a that'd be a treatment. Brett? What do you know? <laughs> Literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> um so yeah, obviously we discussed the um the Hasbro ones. We can have a look back at the um the Jacks ones that we discussed at the start. What sort of error do they cover? Um it's it's acts with the the black face paint you can see there and Smash has a bit of yellow in the face paint. I think it's it's probably WrestleMania four, I think. I think that's when you wore they wore that one. So you'd say heel demolition. But it's got the exact attire that they're wearing in the epic epic toys version. So they've got the entrance gear on exactly. Well, my uh, my epic toys t shirt made from from Tippy, uh, which I'm proudly wearing. How's yours, yeah. Mine's on the way, supposedly, even though I live dramatically near her Tippy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, and what an awesome guy! We thank you for that, and thank you for the drawings as well. Like, because. Um, I don't think either Luke nor Tippy would mind me saying this at all. I like uh, is, um, Tippy told Luke he could do them justice, and he did. He has from what we've seen. So. It certainly has. I think the obviously the Jacks one, uh, as you said, they are they are good figures. They are done well. Um, yeah. as are the Mattel ones that they also cover. Uh, well, probably a different a different demolition because there's more of a the face demolition there. Yeah, just yeah. Much bigger as well. Um, but hard to find. They've only been made one. I don't know. There was the they had that lawsuit, didn't they, a few years back? Yeah, I mean they're not getting signed anytime soon. It seems by WWE, but never say never. Especially since you know we're getting them in Epic Toys now. But yeah, um, they were excellent figures as well. I remember talking on the podcast about them. We rated them very highly. Um, I think Adam scored them down a bit. Which kind of like put them around the tenth best legends figures as we used to do them, but I thought they were almost perfect in terms of Mattel's execution of them. Yeah, they, they used to put a good bit of effort in with the with the legends line. They're whopper, they're whopper, whopper figures and rare figures as well. So get your wallets out, lads, if you want a demolition Malik, Mattel elite, or you could just buy them from Epic Toys. 
<laughs> in a smaller form with, the, um, with magnets. The Hacksaw um, match that we had with SummerSlam, the, we had the figure, the, the SummerSlam figure or a basic figure, was that? Yeah, basic, off, yeah. yeah. Um, which was obviously based off off the match they had, uh, the six-man tag at, at SummerSlam, which, um, once again, I think it's one of those comical moments as a kid that you remember, well, there's Hacksaw dressed like that, and obviously the images of Hacksaw, because he was like that. So I think that's one thing they managed to do, is bring, elevate other talent um, and make it interesting to see. Look at Survivor Series matches that they're in, they're always always in the top of the card with that. So the Hacksaw was a six-man tag, which, once again, wasn't a bad match by any stretch of the imagination, and it was a bit of fun. Oh, yeah. No, and you can see it supposedly over the years, um, Barry wasn't happy about the repo man, but he came back around. And, and that's fair enough if you want to be professional. And, you know, that that's how you view your profession. However, they did, they were in Shikara Demolition. I'd say it's at least 10 years ago, and it would be their last probably sojourn into wrestling. But I remember it quite uh, vividly, and because the video still goes around when poor Larry Sweeney's anniversary comes up. Is that uh the they were fighting the one man gang or on a team one man gang not sure which, uh doesn't really matter and he became Akeem for a few minutes and did the dance and stuff. <laughs> well, so. yeah. um, I'll have to ask Mike to see if I can get all of those videos from Shikara. Oh, did I mention I was in Mike Quackenbush's corner last week? The the founder of Shikara. There you go. Enter Shikara. Yeah. How was it? Oh, he's a pro. He's lovely to work with. Did a good seminar. Um, Yeah, just really good blow. Well, that's good. Same time. Um, yeah, that's good then. Yeah. <laughs> with, um, obviously, with Demolition, I think once again, we have covered in like a previous episode, me and you, Johnny, when we looked at WrestleMania 7, I think it was, when they um had a match with was it the Orient Express. Um, no, oh, it was like two there. random. It was Henry um, and uh, yeah. Oh, butter my crumpets and call me a yeah, racist. It was to, and because it was to promote the kind of um big Japanese show that they were having. These were kind of stars from Japan, but they wouldn't have been known super well over. It was America. Sanji Takano and Shinichi Nakano. Really? Where where did no, I? That's not right, either, Jamie. Well, that was a match that they had on WrestleFest on March 30th. Well, that's not it then. If you're on about WrestleMania 7, I, I forget the other guy, but it was Tenru was one of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jinichiro, Tenru, and Koji Katao. That's the one. So they, lost, they lost twice in the space of like a few weeks to, to some Japanese people. And I believe Katao, not long afterwards, was no, not much longer for the wrestling world. Yeah, he had a fight with was it earthquake yeah in the ring <laughs> like, so... never a smart thing uh, and, then you, and then you got beaten up in usc i believe okay. one of them was i remember discussing it um yeah apparently they eventually broke up and the members went their separate ways and crush would return to pnw where he previously previously wrestled as brian adams and we know what happened with uh with smash who come back as a repo man yeah, but I think Smash did briefly carry on as a singles. I would maybe I'd like to see a bit more of that if it wasn't meant to be. I remember it being like jobbing off to people coming up for, um, I, yeah. and I remember because I remember that time frame kind of so well because it's when I got into it and when I got obsessed with it. Like, cause that, so, um, I like, and primetime wrestling was on Eurosport, and I'm pretty certain he did. A few jobs by himself not long after WrestleMania 7 then disappeared. Yeah. Which Pretty I think, much. um, was he still would have just still wearing the full makeup, I assume, was he? And the full get up? Yeah. Seven yeah, song? Even to a point of having jobber no entrance, like, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they could have had, here comes the smash, then just absolutely nothing. Well, they changed the music already because they were heels. Remember, oh, bastards. Um, <laughs> and then obviously the mo most memorable match from Reaper Man's career, and there wasn't many, was against his old demolition teammate Crush. Mm. That's right. 
That is right. How old were you to when you realized that Repo Man was uh, a smash? I was about not long after it all happened because I started reading like Power Slam and all that and PWI and stuff like that. But it wasn't at the time. I didn't. But wasn't long after. Like I, I just can't confirm or deny it either way. I'm honest. My mine was very surprisingly recently. <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking six years ago, seven years ago. <laughs> Because <laughs> I just I've had Reaper Man's figures, and I think it was in the Rumble '92, wasn't he? And WrestleMania. Yeah. So I think that's been my only real history of him. I didn't look into him apart from the figure. Um, so I think it was when, yeah, it must have been, yeah, it must have been about seven years ago, I reckon. Well, I was like, oh, I'm so tweaked. Not fair enough. I just didn't look into it really. Yeah, no, it's it's one of them where you wouldn't necessarily recognize it immediately. It's not like it's a completely different get up and no makeup and stuff. Like, yeah, you, you know, as an adult, you probably should spot it. But like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I I knew just, that Fa- I knew that Fatu was Rikishi. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not that. Yeah, it was only because I, it was I was so young when I would have seen it originally and just didn't go back and watch it for for ages. Yeah, yeah. I find that fascinating, Jamie. Even for you, I just didn't even think about. It. I just didn't like. Just, why, why would I? Yeah, because you you've been on like wrestling boards. You've been watching classic wrestling your whole life, so I'm, sh- I'm sure you might have yeah, thought just, of it eventually. Not to a point where I'd watch like because in the Rumble '92, which I watched like religiously, it only appears for was a few minutes. You see yeah. his actual face. Well, he's beginning on the road, right down the the ramp, and then in the ring, you sort of don't really get a close up of him, do you? I suppose not. Um, so, what do you reckon the possibilities of Epic Toys making like other versions of Barry Darso or or Billy? Eady? You know. Yeah, I mean, what I mean, do you guys know about that? Um, Darso would be. See a favorite because obviously you can have a look at probably another repo man, but something similar. What would you call him? Well, I'd call him Bailiff or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a potential for Crusher Crew Chef for NWA figures as well. Uh, whether who owns the gimmick, who knows? Bill Eady, Super Machines, Mask Star is what he's most famous for, but yeah. a lot before our time, even. Me and you, yeah, yeah. So, like, um, machines would sell, I suppose, would mask superstar. It's funny because the power towns, I don't know how they're moving over in the states, but like, you know, um, they're not for me and any of my pals. I think they're cool figures, by the way. Um, but they're just not characters that I have any raw for cross love, sorry, for um, at all. Like, you know, and so, like, if, if. If they said in the morning, oh, mass superstar, I would say, and this is me talking out of school, is if you're to do stuff like that, what you're going to have to do is have like what Pablo did with Hayabusa, yeah, or something like us going, like, hey, let's tell you all about the mask superstar, documentary or something, yeah, 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 it's exactly what they need for that line. Um, I'm extremely interested in that line if we're going to go on a side tangent, but I think it's the price that kind of rules it out when they're like 45 quid each or something around yeah. 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 yeah, and soon, soon to be in stock on Wrestling Trader whilst we make it relevant. Uh, in yeah. stock, you mean after the pre-order ended because I think I remember regretting not ordering some, but um, some, I might have a look. I think when we first saw them or first discussed them, they, they had Ted DiBiase in them, didn't they? And then they pulled... Ted and put mm. Bruiser Brody instead, and that Bruiser Brody, I mean that—that's the figure of the line, like yeah. Mm. Um, so I think it's gonna be one of those things where, which I think they're gonna do very intelligently. Series one will be in hand before we get a real good look at series two before like pre-orders and stuff go up, which is gonna work in their favor because FOMO is a big thing in rest of the figures. It's probably the biggest thing to sell anything in wrestling figures is FOMO. So if you see someone with a Bruiser Brody or Kerry Von Erich or I don't know who else in the line, but um, uh, yeah, I watched Luke and Kate with the Demolition Wrestle dudes, and I probably will order them now. Like realistically, because I was like, 
well, this isn't something aligned for me. It isn't this, it isn't that. And then when I saw them holding them and they said there's a bit of weight in them and they look cool, I was like, it would fit in with, with miscellaneous shelf and I kind of want them. Yeah. So, like... Yeah. I think that's one thing that, as I say, it's, it's, it's quite an easy sell when you've got it in hand. Like the Wrestle Dudes one, you know, they put up a pre-order, but it's, it's when people get it delivered on the door, when you do videos, when we can have a look at them physically... Mm. We could show how good and how quality they are going to be. I would much rather just have the figures here. This is what we got. We're selling them now rather than pre-orders. I've, I've been I, over I, this I, for a long time. I now. think, yeah, and I think I would say that Shadbolts and, and to be fair, Zombie are starting to move that direction. Uh, well, it's claiming to be moving that direction. <laughs> like, but, yeah. Uh, in in the case of zombie, like, but you know his series two looks amazing. It is a bit delayed, and we don't hear much. But like, he sold it on the basis that this is going to be in hand much quicker than series one. Um, yeah. And he's already talking about series three about how quick that would be in hand. Remains to be seen. He delivers cool figures, so we'll see. We'll see, but I think um, obviously with them now doing pre-orders very close to release dates, as well as. Some figures, which obviously will, will will come into fruition very soon, will be put up for order rather than pre-order, which obviously will come to with other ones. So, um, so demolition will be one of the first ones that we see from Epic Toys. Is sort of show you guys what they can do with the magnetic heads. Um, obviously with the wrestle dudes, while well, hopefully it's the start of a a new line that they're looking at as well. So, yeah, um, I think in fairness, um, you know, it's it's. This and Powers of Pain and Greg the Hammer Valentine will be the first that you can say this is what the Shadow Bolts can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Series Two is good. Um, last year has been mopping. We may as well be honest. Like, there's no, there's no point in saying any different. Like, so they're mopping up someone else's mess, and it really their first crack of the whip comes in a few weeks' time. And we can say that now. Series Two pre-orders have closed. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, we discussed earlier about like the legal side of things. So it says on here that in the mid-90s, Billy Dee filed a lawsuit against WWF for the rights of the demolition name and gimmick, but lost at Smash and Crush signed a deal with Jax then, because what they used to do back in the day, obviously Jax would go and speak to the talent directly rather than going through WWE. So um, they could sign people like Axe, Smash and Crush, Owen Hart, obviously Martha would have denied that um, regardless, but it means that they can sign people like that. Yeah, they um, made everyone pretty much like yeah. The tank Abbott got a fucking figure. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everyone's getting it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, Axe and Smash were together in a two pack for Toys R Us, which was the um the Mattel. No, that would have been Jacks again, wouldn't it? What is sorry? The two pack. Demolition have a two pack of superstars. Yeah, they had a two-pack and a three-pack. And a three-pack. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It was a Walmart exclusive, a three-pack of Crush uh, when they were repainted, so it would have been... Um... Two-pack is alive, motherfuckers! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was all a dream. Um, <laughs> oh, that's the wrong one. The wrong, uh, oh, yeah, no, and, and as what happens anytime I buy any two-packs of wrestling dollies, break out the champagne glasses and the motherfucking condoms. <laughs> Um, no one's getting. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's um, we'll see on demolition, so they can use the name demolition as we said earlier. But Axe and Smash and Crush will not be done. Uh, and I'm very surprised that Brian Adams hasn't been signed by um, by anyone yet, really. I Push know, me. I know, yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd love because if they do. I've asked and been sandbagged, by the way, just for everybody's <laughs> free little uh, because they could also do chronic. Yeah. So I think that was when I spoke to Adam Bomb. Um, he said that they had initial talks about doing chronic from, from New Japan when they won the tag titles. Oh, wow. Yeah. Whether that just broke down because that would have been what, September 21. Yeah, and um, we can't say he's got. Well, he may have a legends deal, but we he hasn't. No, no stuff has been released. Like so. No, uh, we had a crush elite, didn't we? Which um was a standalone figure, but yeah, you would have thought they released Kona Crush by now. 
Yeah, that was about 10 years ago that Crush was out, so I don't think Ryan's got a deal. No, shame. But um, yeah, May 6th, 2017, Demolition wrestled their last match. And a 60-minute bomb, but no, it wasn't really. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. They'd be, they'd be not with us. Um, Edie <laughs> retired from wrestling later that year. In the oh, same okay. sense that I've retired from international football, I imagine. I I, I haven't, but you know, <laughs> you you might even get a call up still. I've seen the you Irish team. Know. You never know. You um, never know. And it, it it I yeah no, it could search and destroy me. I'm just trying to ram in all the demolition lyrics to this podcast. By the way, yeah, mine past part, the first two lines. I'm useless to you. You're a walking disaster, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, no. And if you keep this Probably, up yeah. running, I'll find you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All I do know is there are three times the WF World Tag Team Champions and Crush joined midway through their third reign. No place to hide. They all, they all just sound like Take That albums, if I'm honest. Yeah, well, <laughs> if, if you bought the Take That albums, then you better stay your act of contrition, okay? You two have really set the bar low. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, like we're yeah. done with this episode. <laughs> no, no, we're not actually done with this episode. One thing I didn't tell you about. <laughs> no! <laughs> on the contrary, I may have lured you in with uh, Demolition, but we stay around at the end and we talk about uh, a previous Chella uh, figure that was released. And I can say Chella because it was made by Chella. Um and we discussed him in the episode. It was the Adam Bomb. We can talk about Adam Bomb and have a little review of the Adam Bomb Chella figure. Johnny's gone to get his to have a little closer look. He sits in a WrestleMania chair, just just in life. Which WrestleMania chair have you... Uh... Which one is oh, it? Oh, is it 30, 31? <laughs> WrestleMania play button. Yeah, 31. Right. Sting Which Triple actually is, one, is probably the best ending. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's Rollins, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember watching that. Sorry, then another side note. I've watched. Um, what have you done? Uh, you never right. The goggles came off. Uh, eyebrows attached or not? Yeah, because when I've got them, I only display them on top of the head rather than like putting the goggles on the eyes. Same as these. Um, so this attire, Adam seems to think it's based off the uh, house show in Blackburn that he went to. Uh, Adam Bomb wore this wore this figure. Um, who are we to disagree? Who are we to if, if the facts are there? It looks exactly the same. Removable goggles, which is probably one of the better things about this figure. I think it's one of the first time Chella had an accessory. Yeah, um, Josh Chernoff had a microphone. He did have a, did have a microphone. You're right. Um, with with the mini two pack, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. um, only because I'm looking at. It. Yeah. And if they were released in the correct order, the bold dynamite dog. Yeah, well, they weren't, yeah. as, <laughs> as we know. Well, they weren't. Uh, no, so like... <laughs> um, this Adam Bomb was for me. I think looking at it, it was something you could see the potential of what Chella can do paint wise, and the colors yeah. were really really worked. I think tan wise. It was spot on. The only and... thing that it's wrong with the tan for me is that it just looks so much more tan than any other figure. It's it's kind yes. of like it stands out as a bit too tanned, but that's more because other figures don't have any sort of tan. Just... Yeah. It's it's right, but it doesn't sit with the rest of them. No, yeah. I, get, I get that. If we look at the Nick Aldis one. Nick Aldis isn't, isn't pale by any imagination. Yeah, But if you look at that compared to even the Ethan Page as well, in a similar respect. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think it's more the others are wrong rather than this being this being. Um, Pretty much, you can I, say I think. About, a... Sorry, you could say that a lot about the Mattel figures and and even Jack's figures before them. None mm. of them really had that tan. It's only recent when they started redoing Hogan that they've they've got that tan right for him now. But previous figures right. were just yeah. yeah. And they've gone oh. too far with Hogan now. It looks like the two birds from Far Destination with a tanning bed. You know? So I suppose it'd be the elephant in the room to say that this was kind of really the kickoff of what we call Chella's issues. I mean, pretty much every card broke. Um, and then a lot of the figures 
had paint issues, as in inconsistencies, maybe from an arm to a head. And then the goggles were too put too tight to the head and rubbed off his eyebrows. So um, it didn't make much difference to me. I'm not that pernickety. It did annoy a lot of people um, and took a long, 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 long time to fix. Let's call a spade a spade, um, which was makes it kind of the biggest open goal fire over the bar um, that I've ever seen in uh, wrestling figure history. In the sense, yeah. And, yeah, and even when the chance was there to rectify, it wasn't, and that was kind of really the beginning of the end for what we call cella, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm not like I'm not wishing to cast dispersions against individuals and or anything like that. But we're we're just fans and have an entitlement to demand the best, and it didn't happen in this instance when it could have. It shoots past all the previous figures in how good it even is and could have been um so yeah quite um the kind of um what do they call it uh there's a word for it and i'm very tired kind of the pivotal moment i suppose for the pinnacle well no it's not the pinnacle because <laughs> well it's the pinnacle of the mess ups isn't it correct i think you've been a bit too harsh on them if i'm honest because i'm pretty sure they did offer like um, new card versions for people or offer refunds for ones that have fallen of cards or, or something like that, partial refunds maybe. Yeah, I, I no, look, everything, everything was made right, but the time it took and even sending them in the first instance without maybe communicating, going, well, this has gone wrong and I've sent them back to the factory. I mean, people would, you know, it was communication the whole way along. If if it was me, which is easy for me to say, I'm not running a business and fucking working for someone, right? But if it was me and this went wrong, I'd be like, well, let's just tell the people what's happened. And if you want yeah. to, yeah. Or, you know, I and think it, you, you, people would have been more understanding. And in hindsight, they definitely would be from how long it took to sort the issues and going underground and all that sort of thing. So, and you got to think, like, if it happened now with obviously an Epic Toys hands, it would be a case of. They'd say, all right, this has happened. What do we do? And you gotta think it would the first solution would be to email everyone that's ordered or email everyone on the list to say, Yeah, right, this is fucked up. If you're okay yeah. with receiving loose or off the card figures, let us know. Um, and we'll sort you out some sort of compensation. And then it will go from there. Rather than just sending it out and then just sort of closing your eyes and pissing off to Norway for a bit, you know what I mean? Like I thought that's like um I completely yeah. agree. The sort the the downslide where it started, um, and that mixed in with um, I think the major pod did a review on it, yeah, when it I first came so. out, and they said that the figure itself didn't stand up. Um, no, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that was bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's like, you know, it, I think that's where the downside sort of started, yeah. the decline, but um. It is, and it's and that 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 kind of thing that you just refer to is one of the things that grinds my gears about this hobby. Like I know this is the Epic Toys podcast, but I actually do my best not to let them away with stuff. Mm. And um a kind of a full frontal attack without huge merit or communication directly to the company. I know we spend a lot of time slagging off Mitch and Sal and Sean and all that, but fuck it, they deserve it. And um <laughs> so but like by the same token i mean without kind of communication and it's it just it's kind of a bit weird territorial and sour grapes especially since they could have communicated it with the guy at the time maybe if yeah. they want if they really believe their own shit of uh oh you know all boats rise together kind of thing like so um yeah. one thing to know is um this figure is still for sale loose on the rest and trade website so and it does stand up. And it does stand up, and it is a good figure. Yeah. Um, I think it also stands up whilst we're on the sort of Adam Bomb review the Adam Bomb figure, the Adam Bomb variant that came out. Um, first time we've seen sort of glow in the dark figure since I want to say the the, the Bendham. We had a BCA as well, which we'll have Taker, which glow in the dark. I forgot about that. But um, yeah, I mean this this figure when it came out, it was. Not long between pre-order and release, if I remember rightly. And um I love it. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. It really lends itself to the thing and it's something different as well. 
Um, I really did enjoy it. What I really enjoyed was I didn't know that you had to like. I thought it was bullshit. Like I thought it was like shit that eight year old fellas say to one another. Like now you have to put it up to the light first, and then oh, one of those aliens used to get. Yeah, but transpires in the fridge overnight and he gives birth. One of those. Yeah, but transpires. That's actually the a thing. Fuck and my mind didn't work, quote unquote. It did fucking work when I held it up. To the oh, you mean you mean the glow in the dark when the alien, right? No, no, no. I don't let aliens give birth in my fridge that often. Um. But yeah, I think this 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 variant it made sense. That it was going the dark variant, obviously being the radioactive and all that um shit. Yeah. So it made complete sense for it. It wouldn't make sense if it was like a big daddy glow in the dark. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because it's one anyway. Give us money. <laughs> the only potential variant for Big Daddy is that blue singlet, and I've said it, and they've said definitely not at the moment. So okay. Yeah, but you're about to say something before Daniel's speaking. I'm a bit itchy to get the Adam Bomb glow in the dark variant. I think it was the first one where I dropped off from ordering from Cheller again because of you know everything that was going on at the time. I just I just didn't want to to carry on that route because I was buying two of everything at, yes. up, up until that point. One loose one, and we'll see. I don't know. I think something left a bit of taste in my mouth, and I, I decided not to. Pursue probably, anymore at that point. It's probably all those Nick Elders to the space, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, well, the good news is you can um, buy one from the Hooked On Wrestling website for only sixty-five pounds, apparently. So, Which one? Uh, the glow in the dark one. Ah, uh, uh, bomb. <laughs> yeah, for sixty-five pounds. You can get them off the wrestling trailers. Oh, yeah. Obviously, I'll turn that in sarcastic. Um, oh, then, I didn't then, get it. To I'm then sorry. set up for, or you can buy it loose for 20 quid. Yeah, but the poor fuckers who, who are like really impulsive have already bought it off, fucked off wrestling. Why did you do that to them? Um, Cancel your order with <laughs> wrestling. Um, save yourself 45 quid and buy that. I'm going to say this other carded one for ages. They had, um, they had uh, carded atom bombs, didn't they? The glow, the dark one still. I'm going to find out they've so, they sell wrestling figures. I don't even knew that. Are you wrestling? Oh, hooked on wrestling. Yeah, no, yeah. I found that out at the same time as Flashback. Yeah, well, same. I just looked on um, looked on the old internet and found out. There we go. Hooked on wrestling, sixty five pounds. What an absolute steal. Well, if, maybe if, one day if you like radioactive toys. Yeah, I want it now. If you want to do a guest house parody, so. <laughs> Playset, you can <laughs> you can do that. Um, but yeah, we mentioned as far as that Adam Bomb goes, or or um, or Brian Clark. There's a lot of avenues that you could go looking forward if they still had the sort of con- under contract. Obviously, we've got the the BCW, which is is quite America, and we're still waiting for them to send them over here. But we've got two variants with that, and um, we can look at. Yeah, looking down the Brian Clark Avenue with WW, the Wrath Avenue. Absolutely. Absolutely. As well. And um if we keep trying to I'll I'll try and keep trying to plug them to look at like a Toy Biz line or something um similar. To be fair, they could just repaint this. It's, it's the mold's there, the the face is good. They just yeah. you know, need to work out the kinks and then should be no bother. Does the does the waist rotate on that? No, it doesn't. Is that something they're going to do with all figures going forward then? Or? I don't think so, because the Gangrel waist rotates. I know that's an FC toy, but um, so I can't see it being a staple mail. As we mentioned before about Joey was the first figure that had the rotating waist, and the Joey mold probably would have been made after the Adam Bomb one, I thought. Possibly. To be fair, I didn't even notice that until recently when you guys pointed out on the podcast that Joey was the only guy with the rotating waist. It's like something I didn't miss from figures. I, I don't think they need it. No, especially if you're no. not playing with them. Do you know what I mean? No. Yeah, no. I but, think um, it's necessary thing to leave off. I'll tell you why I keep coming back to that um, point. It's because when I interviewed Joey with the figure first come out, we'd just yeah. seen his artwork, and I thought it said rotating wrist. Yeah. So for ages I was like, 
I think I used it in a wanking joke at one point during the episode. Well, we can be fairly sure that since since inception of drawing, Joey's waist has rotated. He does have a very small child. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> top shagger. Uh, yeah, yeah. So not many have not, not many have the um, the rotating waist, but we'll see what they do. It does does work quite well. I'm not sure on the haystacks. I think the haystacks does because otherwise it would be just one mold, but. Um, going forward, obviously, if it made sense, then to be a rotating waist, like you're gonna pose it in one. Um, I, I don't know. I actually think it's something you could could easily do do without. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's like a an Al Snow, for example, you might not need it. But if it's a blue meanie, where you can look like he's about to do the blue meanie dance, the waist might go into Jamie. Jamie, oh. blue meanie doesn't have a rotating waist. No, I know that's what I mean, but like it would make sense well, for it to be like that. So, I mean, also, it's a repaint of the earlier one, which, but, um, yeah. So, if it makes sense, I'm all for it, yeah. yeah. I very rarely posed any of Mattel figures with the weird sort of turning, so I don't know. Yeah, the only, one, the only one I've done is the Hulk Hogan, he's showing the, showing the pythons off. Oh. So um, that works. Yeah, so that's the only one I've done it with, I think. Anyway, uh, what a, a waste of time! Yeah, I regret this. <laughs> a wonderful time, you bastard. Um, well, I, I've learned a lot more about demolition than I knew an hour and a half ago. Um, I came in fairly clueless, and now I'm a bit less clueless. Would you dress up as demolition then? Would I? Yeah. Would I? Would I not? More like. Uh, <laughs> I mean, trying to stop me from leaving the house, dress like demolition. Yeah. And Johnny, would you not do it for your heel turn? Yeah. Demolition flash. Johnny yeah. smashback. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, that's the story of another time, isn't it? The third, third, the gay rights groups protest in Arcadian wrestling next week. No, <laughs> like, because so. we'll get axed off the air. Oh, um, no. No, <laughs> Johnny, no. thanks for joining us on such such short notice. I thought we weren't seeing that anymore. Oh, the short notice bit. Um, yeah, that never uh, happened. Did it? Well, let's smash back ten seconds. Um, Johnny, thanks for joining us on three months' notice. Yeah, no problem. I'll... I'm very prepared for it, and I think we had a great episode. We had good fun. The important thing is that I learned something, and we had good fun. Daniel, did you learn something today? No, in fact, it's somehow no less. All right. <laughs> well, listen back to it. I hope you learned something. Um, fantastic time remember to get pre-orders end of June I think they're going to be Whopper I think Tippy has done them justice and very much looking forward to it yeah so buy the figures buy all the loose ones that they've got on the website and buy these and buy Powers of Pain and goodbye <laughs> <laughs>